Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello, welcome back to another episode It's the start of a new month. Welcome to May, everyone. I cannot believe that we're almost halfway through the year. So I thought this was a really good time for us to do a little bit of a check-in, maybe a little bit of a reset on our health. I know this is something that I wanted to do for myself and I thought, you know what? Let's do a podcast. Let's tell you guys about what I do for myself and maybe what you can do too. So this is a really, really, really good time, you know, particularly like that new month energy and getting towards the middle of the year. It's a really good time to check in with yourself and to check in with your goals. Maybe those new year's resolutions, maybe goals that you've set throughout the year, whatever it is, where are you at with them? How are you going with them? Now, for me, I've had a pretty hectic start to the year with lots of travel back and forth to Melbourne, which, you know, puts me out of my routine. I had an injury for a while very hectic work schedule and also now a broken oven. So all of this stuff could really like throw a spanner in the works of my health and my health goals. hundred percent. Like, so for me, it's been about kind of coming back to the mantra of how can I, what can I do? Because all of those things can really get in the way. Like for example, traveling back and forth to Melbourne, I'm out of my exercise routine. I'm, you know, I do Pilates here. I could technically do Pilates in Melbourne, but like It's just different. It's out of my routine. You know, you're busier seeing family and friends. So I don't maybe have time to stick with my normal routine as well. Even when I've come back, like I think coming back from being away, it takes you some time to still kind of get back into things and get back into your normal routine. So I've just felt off. I've had movement goals. I really wanted to do this 7K run in May and city, city to casino in Hobart. That was my plan. Going from pretty much zero with running at the start of this year, I thought, cool, I'll build up to seven Ks. Then I was out with an injury for seven weeks and I couldn't run and it hurt to walk and it hurt to go to Pilates and things like that. So that kind of threw a spanner in the works of my goals. Having this hectic work schedule, obviously that gets in the way of everything. And now I have a broken oven, which means I can't roast anything. And I swear half my diet is roast vegetables. So that sucks. Basically (laughs) that's in the way of my goals. That's in the way of my routine. So it's been a real, like, how can I still, you know, hit my movement goals with an injury? How can I still nourish my body when I don't have an oven and I can't make most of the things I generally make? How can I still bring in some routine and do the things that I know make me feel good, even when I'm in a different state, even when I don't have my house and my normal routine? So I think that's a really good mantra to use. How can I, or what can I do? Because it's really easy to get defeated and go, well, I can't, you know, I'm not in my normal routine. I don't have my normal resources, so I can't. You always can. You always can do something. So it's coming back to that. So that's kind of something we're going to apply for the health reset that we're talking about today. Now, my health reset is not like with a detox. 
It's not with a juice cleanse. It's not a six week fitness challenge or anything like that to get us back on track. No, my health reset is about checking in with yourself and making small tweaks, not like huge overhauls, just to get you closer to your goals and to your version of health. So I really want you to have a paper and pen for this one, because we're going to do a bit of an exercise in a few minutes where you can create your own healthy reset for now. So I really, truly believe that you need a deep understanding of you to be able to do this properly, because there's no one size fits all approach. And there's no point writing down what you think you should be doing, even if it's not something that suits you or your lifestyle or your personality or anything like that. And I think most of us are pretty familiar with what we quote unquote should be doing. Like we know what's good for us. We know how we can be better, you know, better but we might not act on it. Or if we do, we find that it doesn't tend to last. So right now you might be having that kind of niggling thought of, yeah, cool, Gemma, we'll put some place, you know, we'll put some changes in place today, but are they actually going to last? Because I personally can never stick with things. And I get it. I totally get it. And that's probably the reason why you're feeling like that is probably because you keep relying on the same strategies or the same processes to get yourself to stick with things, but they don't work for you. And like we all know, I think it's Einstein's famous saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that 100% applies here. You're leaning on the same things. And I'm guessing for a lot of you, it's probably things like willpower or motivation when it comes to our health and you're not getting results. And then you get frustrated when it doesn't work, but you keep going back to square one and trying the same thing again and again and again. That's insanity. We need to stop doing that. We need to start mixing it up. So there are three things that can create behavior change within us. The first one is self-regulation. So that's basically like directing our behaviors or controlling our impulses so that we can meet standards or achieve our goals. So we're acting on those short-term and the long-term best interests. So maybe that's things like saying no to the second glass of wine at dinner because you want to go for a run tomorrow, or it's choosing a big nutritious salad bowl instead of McDonald's because you know that's going to nourish your body overall. So basically, I feel like self-regulation is really tied in with willpower. And we all know that that doesn't hang around 24-7. So self-regulation requires a lot of mental energy. And our brains are always looking for ways to conserve energy. So it likes to take the path of least resistance a lot of the time, which means that self-regulation is actually really, really hard. Like we can't always do it. We can't always make those choices that are, you know, in our best long-term interests or something like that. We find it really difficult to make the choices that we know we should be doing or the choices that we know are good for us because our brains are tired. Like, have you heard of decision fatigue before? That's why a lot of the time when you're it's like, it's easier to make the decision to, let's say, go to the gym in the morning than it is at night because your brain has made 20 bajillion. It's definitely, that's the right statistic, 20 bajillion decisions throughout the day. So by the time it gets to the nighttime, trying to convince yourself to go to the gym so much harder because your brain's tired. Your brain's like, no, thank you. Let's just do the easiest option. So that's why self-regulation does take a lot of mental energy and isn't always the most helpful one. Now, the second way we can create behavior changes with habits. So habits are where our behaviors are routine, meaning they take way less mental energy because they're automatic. So we don't have to decide to do them. It's just something that we do. Now, about 40% of our everyday behavior takes the form of habits and they involve rewiring our brains to make something automatic. But the thing is, we can't just choose to make something a habit. Click our fingers, bam, there it is. 
The things that we have to establish, and there are plenty of ways to do this. I am an absolute habits nerd and I love helping people to form habits in the easiest possible way. I've actually got, I think it's episode five of this podcast. So way back all at the start, that was all about habits. So you know that I love them. And the third thing that creates behavior change, which is the final one I'm going to talk about is deep mindset work. So working on your thoughts, your beliefs, and your identity are what really creates that sustainable change. So it's not about changing what you do. It's about changing who you are. I'm going to say that again, because it's so important. It's not about changing what you do. It's about changing who you are. So that's why I think this is the most important one. I feel like these three things that I've just talked about, they're in a bit of a tier, like a tier of least to most important to create that lasting change. So the least impact is self-regulation because it's so easy to go back to your old patterns when you're relying on that. Like we've just spoken about relying on willpower is hard. (laughs) It's hard. Like we can't do it all the time. And then the most impact on sustainable change is the deep mindset work. Because once you've done the work, you're not going to go back because you're not the type of person who does that anymore. So I really want you to keep these things in mind when you're listening to this episode and coming up with your health reset. Which strategy are you going to lean on for your behavior change? And it might be different for different goals, but just keep in mind the efficacy of each one for sustainable change instead of just always choosing the one that sounds the easiest or the fastest or the one that you tend to lean on. So I think a lot of us tend to lean on self-regulation. I think that's what we focus on. It's the go-to, it's the most logical in a way, like it, it's the one that we think is the most logical, but it actually doesn't make sense when you think about it because it's hard. It's really hard to stick to. And we're acting like willpower is something we can control and something we can harness and we, we can always do when in actual fact, that's not the case. So we want to start looking at maybe the easier solutions or the solutions that are easier in the long run rather than the short term. Yes, it takes more time to do the deep mindset work, takes more time to implement habits, but they're the things that are actually going to work for you. Right. Okay. Let's dive in to a bit of a well-being assessment so that you can start making changes to your own health and well-being. So we're going to target eight areas of health with this reset. So food, movement, mental health, physical health, sleep, stress, connection, and spiritual health. Yes, it is comprehensive because I believe that our health is comprehensive and it doesn't just come down to what we eat and how we move our bodies. And if you're surprised by me saying that, this must be your first time listening to this podcast. Welcome. We are well-rounded humans here. So for each area, I really want you to reflect on what you want this area of your life to look like. What are your goals? If you could wave a magic wand and have your ideal level of health and well-being in that area, what would it look like? Now, I really want you to be positive focused in this one. So we're not using language like I'd stop getting takeaway or I won't scroll TikTok until 1am. Instead, I want you to use language like I'd mainly eat home cooked meals that taste good and nourish my body, or I will be in bed by 10 p.m. and keep my phone in another room. Do you see the difference? Because the reason this is so important is because your brain can't understand things like won't and don't and not and all of that kind of stuff. It focuses on the crux of a statement. So if I say to you right now, don't picture a purple elephant, you're going to picture a purple elephant because that's what your brain latches onto. So if you're saying, I'll stop getting takeaway. Your brain just hears, get takeaway. (laughs) Yay. So that's why it's really important to keep these positive focused. And that really comes in, particularly when we're doing that mindset work, which if you work with me, you will know we dive very deep into the subconscious mind and we go into that in much, much, much more depth. 
So we're going to do this for every area of your health that I mentioned. So I want you to journal this one out. So get out your paper and pen, get ready to go. Let's do it. So we'll start with food. So what do you want your food to look like? What do you want your relationship with food? What do you want your life when it comes to food to look like? So I'll give you an example. For me, I might say something like, I have an easy, enjoyable relationship with food. I eat nutritious foods that nourish my body and give me the energy to do the things that I desire and that make me feel good. My food choices taste good and I enjoy everything that I eat because I make choices that nourish my soul too. I find a natural balance with food. I am in tune with my body's hunger and fullness cues and my relationship with food reflects that. I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full. I'm comfortable with eating outside my bodily cues when it's for a purpose and I'm at peace with that. So my goals around food are around balance and nourishing my body with nutritious foods, but also enjoyment and being able to eat outside the like nutrition focused space or food is fuel space without any of that guilt or regret. So now I want you to write down yours. What is your ideal relationship with food or reality with food? So once you've got your ideal food relationship written out, I want you to think about what your current reality looks like in relation to that. Now, this isn't about beating ourselves up. We're not being critical of ourselves here. We just want to identify where the gaps are between our goals and our current reality. So once you've kind of had a look at that, once you've kind of thought about the gaps, I want you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. So one being my current reality is the complete opposite to this. And 10 being, I'm living my ideal food relationship as my current reality. So for me, if we're looking at food, I'd probably give myself an eight out of 10. Like I'm pretty damn close to that as my current reality. Now, the next prompt for you is to dot point out where those gaps are that you've just kind of had to think about when you're rating yourself. So what are the biggest things that need to change for you to move towards a 10? So my change that would make me move from an eight to a 10 would just be like a little, little, little bit more focus on nutrition and making sure I'm giving my body everything that it needs. Because sometimes recently I've been making some choices focused on convenience or, you know, what sounds good in my head at the time, even though I know that I actually don't really want that. And I should probably just put in a little bit more effort in to nourish my body a bit more, which would actually also bring me more enjoyment as well. And then finally, you're going to choose one to two small key point on small actions that you can implement this month to move yourself closer to your ideal reality. Now, this is not an overhaul. This is not huge changes. This is not drastic measures. I want these to be tiny baby steps that you can take that will move you closer to the goal. So if you're sitting at a two, I don't want changes that are going to move you to a 10. I want a change that might move you to a three or a four or something like that. Now, once you get those changes down pat, you can add in some more to move you further up the scale. And eventually we get to the 10, but we're not overhauling. We're not going too hard too early. We're moving up slowly. So my main action around food is going to be to meal prep one meal per week that I know is A, nutritious and B, delicious, which I can have ready to go in my fridge for those nights that I just know I'm going to see BF cooking (laughs) or I'm wanting to reach for an easy choice. So preferably... It's going to be something that I can freeze if I don't eat in the next few days or so that I can make extra and have it in my freezer for the future times that I feel like that. And I'm going to do a second action for this one, which my second action is just like a teeny tiny subset action of the first one. 
And that is to clear out my freezer and make sure I know exactly what's in there. Because sometimes I do that above action and I make all the things and freeze them and I'm like, yay, I'm going to be so prepared. And then I forget what I've actually got ready to go and it just stays there for months. And then I get weeded out by how long it's been in the freezer and I just end up chucking it out. Often with my Tupperware too, which is very annoying. So I'm going to clear out my freezer and I'm going to write what's still in there on my whiteboard so that I know. So what are your actions going to be for food? And once you've got them, you can move on to the next area, movement. So what does your ideal movement routine or relationship look like? On a scale of one to 10, how close is your current reality to your ideal reality with movement? And what are the gaps or the areas that you'd need to change to move towards a 10? And then finally, what are the one to two small actions that you're going to take to make that move, to make that shift? So when you're ready, move on to mental health, to physical health, sleep, stress, connection, and spiritual health. Now, I feel like most of those are pretty self-explanatory. We all know what sleep is. We all know what stress is. But I want to clarify connection and spiritual health because I think those are the ones that might be a bit sticky for some people. So the longest living populations in the world, which are known as the blue zones, have a really strong focus on connection. So I truly believe that connection is important for our health and for our well-being. And you can choose whatever this means to you. So maybe it's connection with friends, with family, with your partner, or with the wider community. What level of connection do you need to make you feel your best? So loneliness is an epidemic in the world right now, even though we're technically more connected than ever with the internet. So some people might just need to meet a friend for coffee once a week to feel connected. Others might need to be interacting with people they don't know regularly, like, you know, chatting to people at the coffee shop, just making everything about coffee, chatting to people at the coffee shop, or, you know, I don't know, having deep and meaningful conversations with their hairdressers. Maybe people need to have deep conversations with their loved ones and spend quality time with their partners most nights. Like it doesn't matter how you want to define connection should be individual to you. So whatever resonates with you, go with that. And then spiritual health is probably even more (laughs) ambiguous. So the obvious one is if you're religious or if you're spiritual at all, like it's feeling connected and tapped into that part of you and finding fulfillment there. Now I'm personally not religious, but for me, spiritual health is connectedness with myself, my intuition and who I am inside. So my ideal spiritual health reality is one where I'm setting aside time every day to go inwards, to tap into my heart and into my soul, which is something that I tend to do through meditation and journaling. And I'm also a bit woo-woo. So I love doing this with tarot cards or checking in with my birth chart and what the planets are doing, but that might be like the legit opposite of what you want to do. And that's fine. It doesn't matter. Whatever spiritual health means to you, that's what you can focus on here. And if spiritual health means nothing to you whatsoever and you don't want to include it you do you boo it's totally fine you can leave this one out that is absolutely cool right okay so that is how i do a health and well-being reset so it's about checking in with yourself checking in with where you want to be and then creating those small actionable changes to get you there now you might choose to do this monthly quarterly yearly whenever you feel like it you know whenever you're a bit stagnant or out of alignment whatever It's up to you. Use this practice however you want. And if you've created these steps or these goals for yourself and you still feel like you're going to struggle to stick with them or to reach those goals, reach out to me. I froth the deep mindset work, the habit formation and all of that good stuff. 
And I'd love to help you really nail them so that you can create that sustainable change. So DM me on Instagram or book a free mini coaching session. We can do it together. The links for both of those are in the show notes. I'd love to help you out. I love this stuff. Now I'm off to go and sit down and do this work myself in depth because I I, I walk the talk. I do, I do anything I recommend to you guys. I'm doing myself. So that's it. I'm going to go do it and I'll see you in the next episode.